Tri-State Area Classic Rock. TUVV. Yo, what is going on? Welcome back. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is Santino Center Stage. Coming at you with another day, another dollar, another boobity bobbity scoobity bobbo. Welcome everybody to the show. Oh man, has it been a week, man? A week of crazy football, a crazy, uh, you know, it's just been crazy, you know. All the different things that, you know, have been happening in this week. It's just nuts, you know, especially with all the news, all the, all the negativity. But you know what? Christmas is almost, almost around the corner. Hope you guys start your holiday shopping now instead of later, you know what I mean? But overall, I'm happy to be here. Happy to let you guys know that, uh, you know what? I think this whole podcast thing is working out. I never thought it would, but it did. And that's great. So let's get back into it. Let's go today. What is going on in today's society today? Huh? What's going on? But anywho, I don't know what's going on, guys. I'm like fucking, I'm, I'm tired up the butt, you know? It's been, uh, it's been a long, crazy week. Um. You know, um, I, we, we had that play happen last week, and it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, I, uh, it was a, it was a fun experience. That's all I can say about that. And for the ones who came along, thank you for being there. It's definitely much appreciated. You know, you don't get that much of attention nowadays. You know what I mean? you. Man, I was just talking to uh, Matt over the phone, and he was like, "Man, I think we should call." Robert De Niro, uh, you know, Bobby two times because it seems like everything he does, you know, it's always he always does the, he always does the same thing. Um, he always repeats himself like a billion times. He's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't like ice cream. I, I don't like ice cream. I know, I don't know. Beep up, up, boop. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yes, I do. Hey, listen, I'm gonna go get the papers. You know, get the papers. Um, and they should have given him the freaking title of. Bobby two time on Goodfellas. I think that would have made a great, you know, a realistic thing. But uh, let's go on. What is going on today? What is going on today, man? Uh, you know, we've been, um, in general, me and Matt been going over the script for the filming of uh, of March. We've been doing that for the past I don't know how many months, but this week we finally, you know. We got it. We got it. Each other's faces, because you know what? We're gonna make. Well, my plan is to film, do the post production, do everything you got to do. But man, I think I'm trying to get this thing to the Chicago International Festival. Trying to go to the Big Apple in New York City and um, and uh, release it out there too. And of course, no one can forget about Sundance. Probably one of the most important film festivals in America. And that's where we're trying to put this film in. Because uh, we did the YouTube thing with the last film. It didn't do too hot, you know. It seems like it has to be word of mouth. And it's not a bad film. It's my very first film that I did. That I ended up posting on uh, on YouTube called Trapped in Kips Bay. Which was filmed in New York City. And... That didn't do too well on YouTube, and it's not its not any of our problems. It's not my... What I'm trying to say is that it didn't do too hot because of, you know, it, it's films in YouTube 
they typically, you know, they're surrounded by so many other videos. It's kind of hard to put it out there. But I do have faith that eventually that film is going to get, you know, submerged from all the different freaking videos that you find online. But yeah, hopefully that happens um, sometime this year or I don't know, maybe tomorrow. But the point is that I want this film to come out. Um, the, the one we're going to be doing in March, I have different plans post-production with it in general. Um, it was hard before, uh, but it's going to be easier now just because you, you're going to have that kind of, you're going to have all those eyes on the film, especially if you go to these festivals where you can, you know, support independent filmmakers like myself. But yeah, um, going on to the same topic right now, I'm just going to let it lay it out there. Um, the advice for new actors in the whole that, that are trying to, you know, get in, get themselves in the business. Um, we all know it's hard. We all know it's uh it's a difficult venture, you know, but I, I ran into one of my favorite uh, singers. Oh yeah, I guess singers of all time. I was about to call him a band guy, but he, he's more than a band guy. He's, he, he, uh, he worked in Columbia Records and, and did all that stuff there back in the day. And now he has his band. He's been having his band for the last 10 years and they're doing great. But I, I asked him, how do you, how did you do it? How did you get, to, you know, because he's on top right now. He really is. He's on top of the game. Like he's where many people, especially in, in music, he's in a place where everyone wants to be. So the thing is the... I thought I asked him. I said, how, how, "How'd you get where you where you are right now? I mean, how'd you do it?" And he said, "Listen, if you really want to make it in this business, I made it." He said that. He said, "I made it. I got here doing hard work." But the most, but the number one reason why he made it is because everyone that he started with stopped doing it. So, the point is of this whole topic, whether it's going to be in in music or it's going to be in uh, art or it's going to be in theater or film. If you truly want to make it, what you have to do for yourself is you can't stop. You got to continue. Because the ones who end up making it to the top are the guys that ended up sticking it through and out, you know. And uh, I guess that's the biggest advice you can give to anybody. It doesn't have to be in the art world. It can end up, you know, it can end up being, in a, you know, you want to be a financial advisor. You know, how do you get to the top? You know, this can work, you know, at a dude working at McDonald's. How do you get to the top? Well, you know what? You just got to keep going, showing up. Showing hard work every single time, and eventually things will pay off. People like to quit, guys. That's the number one thing in life. People love to quit. Quitting is like uh, the you know ripping off the bandaid for uh, you know a soothing prize. But if you really want this, you got to keep going. You can't quit because even if you know who knows, you look at actors like um, the guy who played Junior in Sopranos. Dude, that guy was like 70 years old by the time he made it. I mean, he wasn't doing shit for a long time. He did The Godfather back in the 70s, but wasn't really making it. But it wasn't until got until he made Sopranos that he actually started his uh his his lucrative acting career. And so that's something you got to take away home. And another thing is, guys, is like um, when you guys are looking for agents, this is my advice. You want to kind of when you look at agents in your city. 
what you want to do is that you want to audition to all of them, audition to all the agencies. And remember, the number one most important thing is do not pay for the service, all right? If they're asking for money up front, you better fucking run the other way, like a mile away. You better run away because that is a scam. Agents who charge money are a bunch of scam artists. They are. Um, they make money for you. You make money for them. That's the way it works. They take a commission. They take a commission from every single piece that you do. If you every commercial, every freaking independent film, every film that you do, every TV series, they take a cut. That's the way they make their money. So don't believe that you have to give them money and get your you know get your face shots you know um, get your close ups in. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to pay money because it's not true. Um, I remember. I remember back when I was going to audition for um, the one movie that came out with Chess. No. When they made the Sopranos movie, uh, a Saints Newark, I missed an opportunity. To, I literally missed an opportunity to, of a lifetime because I was looking at the wrong places. Every single place that I was looking at for these casting calls... They'd call me right back and they'd be like, hey, uh, can you come in on Wednesday or Tuesday? We'll do an audition, blah, 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 blah. Man, I ended up searching up the place on Google, man. It ended up just being a fucking scam. So 90% of the time in this, in the movie business, in the film business, in theater business, even in modeling, it, it's typically a fucking scam, which is disgusting to say. But it's, it's true. You got to be wise, you know. Uh, it's best... Man, it's best, honestly, if um, if you're in college or if you're in high school and you're taking a theater class or a drama class, it's best to talk to your professors or your teachers because they're the ones that are going to lead you in the right way, in the right direction. They're going to let you know who they're under. They're going to let you know how to get there, and that's the best way to do it. Really going on it, or you're, you know, trying to trying to do that venture by yourself. Can be very daunting, you know. It's um, and, and and it can lead up to it can make a lot of mistakes. You can end up doing the worst mistake in your life by doing it by yourself. When it comes to this man, sometimes you got to work with a team, and that's what I got. At least for my film production company that I have, I don't do it by myself. I don't. If you think I do, then you're crazy. Even this um, this podcast, I don't do it by myself. I have consultants. I have people who I work with who end up telling me what to do, what not to do, uh, because. I know I can make mistakes by myself. And so that's the biggest thing, the big takeaway from this conversation. But um, one more thing that's very important is um, the um, the location that you live in, man. Um, unfortunately, uh, if you really want to make it, right, there's only certain locations in the United States that are offering jobs up the wazoo, okay? And, of course, the number one place you want to go to is probably Los Angeles. Um, I don't like the city, right? I've I, I been in Los Angeles many, many times, and it's not a place for me. I love the beaches. I love the surroundings. I like going there for vacation. But to actually live in Los Angeles, no. I got a very good actor uh, who did a lot of um, work. He's Italian. And um, he... Um, he made a lot of work for uh, Telemundo, 
doing a lot of reality shows. He was out of Miami. He was that's where he was based out of. Um, and he noticed that he got more lucrative jobs living in Miami than when he was in Los Angeles. Um, he just personally didn't like the way things were handled in, in, in L.A. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's probably a lot of jobs there. L.A., I don't know. Dude, I, I didn't even realize before I got into this, but like a film in general, dude, they make over billions of dollars, right? Because you, you're looking at, you know, the top grossing uh, artist, which is who um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, where he's actually making like $22 million, all right? That's a lot of freaking money. So that means that the producers and the creators and everybody else who's involved in a film, they're making more money than any of these actors. There's a lot of money in Hollywood, guys. Um, and your your goal is basically just to get a little chunk of the freaking pie um, in order to at least pay your bills and do this for a living. Um, so it's kind of important that you look at the right places. Again, for me, LA is not a thing. I, I would... I would do a film here and there if I had the chance in Los Angeles, but to actually go ahead and actually live there and, and, and make it a thing. I'm not, I'm not a California dude in general. I'm not. So for me, it wouldn't, I like being where I'm at. I like the atmosphere. I like the people over there. It's just, it's, it's a different thing. It's a different world. It's like you're living in a different country, but again, LA is one of the top places you can go. Uh, the number, the second place you can go to is New York City, because in New York City you got the opportunity to get into film and theater, um, and at least for most actors, I think theater is the the mania of acting. If I would choose film over theater, I guess I would choose, I guess I would choose film, just for the aspect that you know what, you do jobs here and there and you move from place to place around in the city but with theater you got constant pay you got constant pay you got a constant show to do that 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 really appeals to a lot of people especially to a lot of actors who are barely breaking into the business but new york city is probably number two in my book uh number three would probably be atlanta um i'm not a south guy i i, I just i spent a lot of time in the south um and it's not the place where I can see myself with the family or even just living in general. I'm not that kind of guy who would actually do that. So it's kind of, you know, if you're in the South, you live in the South right now, you might want to think about going to Atlanta. The way, the only problem with Atlanta is, you know, with, with politics and stuff, that can change the whole dynamic around filming. But right now, Atlanta is the new Chicago, and which... Leads me to the third place, the fourth best place is uh, the city of Chicago. Um, probably the last good place uh, for filmmaking and for commercials and for getting jobs. The theater district isn't too big like New York City, which is a shame. Uh, but if you can get a job here and there, I think Chicago for anybody who's here would agree with, I think Chicago is a place where you go, you do, you know, you leave your mark and then you move on to New York City. That's my opinion. Other people actually stay here and, and then make a pretty good career, but it's very far and few. And, uh, yeah, 
if I if I had the choice, I think New York City would be the place to go ahead and venture out and actually try to do this for a living. New York City, 100%. Again, LA, it's a great city and all, but the weather's amazing. But it's not a place that I personally would like to live in. And, um, you know, people, you know, to each his own. If, if you think California is a place for you, I think you should go for it. If not, you know, there's other options. But yeah, unfortunately, in small towns, community theater, uh, maybe an independent filmmaker here or there would probably, you know, be available. But I think it's best for you to actually think about relocating because that's what that's how you're going to make it in the business is just by relocating to a place where the industry is actually thriving. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a, a hard road. Uh, if you're going for it, go ahead and do it. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, anybody who who wants to achieve their dreams can go out and do it, you know. Um, I remember when I wanted to achieve my dreams in the military and um, just being able to do it full time and get paid, you know, a pretty good amount of money. Um, like I said before, man, I was like, before the military, I was actually uh, really struggling because... I got into a career field that I thought was the most lucrative career field possible, you know, a place where you can actually, I, I thought that the, the field that I was going into, which was culinary, I thought that was like the new mania in town, you know, I thought that was the thing to do, um, a high status job, which ultimately ended up being not the case because I started out working in the kitchen at 14 years old. I started out started out as a dishwasher and uh, I just rose my way to the top. You know, I was gonna go to culinary school, but I ended up just staying in the kitchen and I made my way all the way to, I made myself all the way to freaking uh, the head chef at a restaurant. Um, and don't get me wrong, it was a great business, but I think what really killed it for me was the reality of what being a chef was about. I was one of these kids who, who got their mindset from uh, sh like the, the Food Network and the Cooking Channel, you know, all these amazing chefs whipping up all these dishes, um, doing this for a living. And that honestly appealed to me. I loved cooking. I still love cooking, but it took me, a, I think it took me about a year for me to even cook a dish after I quit. Probably even, probably even more than that. I hated cooking for the longest time because the kitchen really, really, it um it put me down to the lowest level but you know I don't I there's a lot of things that came along with that that I ended up enjoying uh, but overall you know I remember being a uh, a line cook at a restaurant and this was, this was in California uh, where I guess all the best restaurants are at um, I was working at, as, a, as a cook and I just remember it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. You know, you don't go, you don't get to go home. You wake up, you know, you wake up pretty freaking late because of the night before. You get to work at 10, 10 a.m. and you don't get out until like 2 a.m. in the morning, 1 a.m. in the morning, depending on what kind of restaurant you're working at. And, and if it's a really good restaurant, man, you're working all night. You're cleaning up, you're degreasing stuff, you're mopping the floors. After everything's done, you're cooking all freaking day. 
it's tough. It's a big, tough business. And the one thing that I wanted to lead up to this is that um, the thing that really grinded my gears, the thing that really got to me um, was looking at all these like celebrity chefs that you saw on Food Network. And I don't want to mention any names because I don't want to, you know, take money away from uh, some certain agents. But I saw a couple of chefs on, you know, on TV. It's like, dude, these chefs, they look so spectacular on TV, but you put them in an actual kitchen, man, they ain't going to do shit. They're going to look at all the freaking, they're going to look at the line, all the tickets rumbling down, and you're going to be like, oh, shit. You know, they're going to be all backed up and shit. They're not going to know what to do. Make a pasta, make it this, make that, make a pizza, make this. Oh my God, appetizers, boo, 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 all this time hacks that you got to meet as a chef. Man, th these guys don't even make it in the fucking chef world. They only got there because they were a TV personality, they love cooking, and they made a show out of it. But yeah, half of these freaking chefs on TV ain't going to make it. They wouldn't make it. Even like uh, cooks like in, uh, I don't know. It's mostly all the cooking shows that are actually like a one-on-one -on -one cooking show. Uh, for example, not knocking, but like Jada, Jada De Laurentiis, she has her own show. I'm talking about shows like that. Shows like that where it's just one person displaying their, their, their recipes and bullshit like that. Those are the same chefs who won't even make it in a kitchen. And, and that was one thing. I know, I know it's, this topic is really off the topic, but that's something that I did and wanted to share with you guys. And maybe someone will appreciate... The fact that I mentioned the kitchen. But anywho. Oh man. Yeah. Um, it's been a freaking crazy week, man. I keep repeating myself, but. You know, it's almost the end of the year. I'm wondering what to do. I'm wondering if I should go to um, New York City for the ball drop. And I just don't want to go there because it's going to be so many. There's going to be a lot of people. And I heard that people who go to the New York City ball drop for New Year's Eve, a lot of those motherfuckers are wearing fucking diapers because you can't leave where you're at. There's no restrooms and it's packed. So I'm wondering what I'm going to do um, for New Year's Eve. I want to do something special. I want to take my wife out. I want to... I'm wondering what to do. What to do. If you guys have any ideas, man, leave me a freaking comment. Perhaps I can be like, um, like Bubba Gump and... And, and go to a restaurant somewhere in Manhattan. Perhaps that's the best way to go. But I've always... I had that on my bucket list to at least see the ball drop at least one time. And if I can't do that, then whatever. But I think it's an experience. I think it's something that I should do. Um, I recommend anyone to do that, actually. New York City uh, in the New Year's Eve is probably the place to go. Um, just in general. Um, it's a very lively town. Um, big city actually, but all right, back to the military talk here. Um, you got a lot of questions with, um, the enlisted side officer side, an enlisted versus an officer. What is the fucking difference? Well, let me tell you, I ended up enlisted in the military. I was, I started out as a private, went all the way up to E5 with Sergeant. And um, I was about to make E6, which is the staff sergeant, but I ended up taking a different route. And I ended up going to ROTC, which is a reserve officer candidate school, whatever. I, can't, I don't know what the acronym stands for. I apologize. But overall, I saw that, um, you know, um, it, the difference between the two is, is like 
extremely drastic. It's so different that as a as enlisted, I honestly believe that every person should try and attempt to become an enlisted before an officer, just because you're able to know uh, the army, all right, know whatever branch you're getting into. It's very important to know what you're getting yourself into, know how it works. So when you do become an officer, you can ultimately ultimately make better decisions than a freaking brand new LT who just came back from OCS or or from um, ROTC. But I did notice that as an enlisted, you know, at the end of the day, you're taking orders. And that's your job. You're, you're not going to be doing anything else but take orders. Um, and I notice even as a sergeant, you're giving out orders, but those orders have been delegated to you by an officer somewhere in the, along the line. It was probably given you, you know, when, when, I, when I'm given an order, it comes straight from my uh, sergeant first class, which would be the platoon sergeant or the staff sergeant, depending on what your unit is. But they'd give you the order. And that ultimately came down from an officer, came from an op board, right? But no matter what you do on the enlisted side, you're always going to be taking orders all the freaking time. Uh, you don't really have too much say. You do have you do have say in how you're going to do it, but you don't really have say in the planning process, which is something that for me, I ended up not liking about being enlisted. I kind of wanted to take charge because... Sometimes, you know, most of the time, there's some stupid ideas that come from the military, specifically from the officer world. A lot of stupid ideas. And um, I'd feel better if I did the stupid idea, right? Or not, not literally, but right? But if it was my idea, I'd, I'd rather do that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, you know, listening to some LT who never enlisted in his life, never served in his life. You know, he, he's telling me what to do. I don't like that, you know? And I'm noticing that a lot of these ROTC cadets, they don't know Jack, you know, for, in the military. They know nothing. And these are the same people who are going to go into the army and, and teach you and tell you what to do. I don't want to do that. So if I know what's going on, I know what's going on in the army. I'm going to make it my, I'm going to make it my priority to become an officer in order for me to, for, in order for me to delegate the right orders to the right people and really treat the privates and the specialists and the sergeants and treat them well because that's the sergeants a lot of they say you know officers lead the way but in all reality man ncos truly lead the way they're the backbone of the army so it's like it's i i just thought you know what i i can't let this happen you know i'll be 40 years old and i'll be taking you know orders from a 21 year old 24 year old i don't want to do that my stubborn perhaps but i want to do things my way or the highway so i decided you know what i want to be an officer and i want to go ahead and do that and i want to be the one that's actually leading the pack leading the platoon leading the company making the rules setting up the sops and doing all that stuff but yeah the, the difference between the difference between an officer and an enlisted at the end of the day uh is delegation you know being the boss um an officer is the boss. He's the guy. He's the gal. She's the gal. She's the, the person in charge. Um, but also, 
to go even to to go more into that subject, an officer gets paid a lot more money than a freaking enlisted. Let's put that all right. When I was a private, uh, I was over at a mall in Fort Lee, Virginia, and I was there. And uh, what ended up happening, I, I bumped into a retired major, or no, a retired lieutenant colonel. And I talked to him, and he was like encouraging me to go to, back to school the moment I get back into the civilian life, go back to school and become an officer. And, the, and then he told me, listen, the um, your paycheck as a private, that's what they tax my freaking pay. That, that, that's how much money I get taxed from my paycheck. So basically, he was telling me that it makes a shit ton of money. And it is true. Looking at the paychecks, because once you really get into the army, you get to see who gets paid what. And you can even look it up yourself. Look at a battalion commander, right? And, L and uh, a lieutenant colonel. A lieutenant colonel just has to show up for one weekend on drill. That dude already has his freaking paycheck. He has his rent paid for. He has his mortgage paid for just showing up. And then he has his, you know, his full-time career. I mean, you're making a lot of money. You make a lot of money as an officer, but with that comes with a lot of responsibilities. So that's the kind of difference between that and enlisted. But at the end of the day, it's all up to you. It's what you want to do. Um, and for me, that's that, that's the takeaway from this whole conversation is that it's what you want out of the military, right? What's going to make you happy? What's going to make you come into work every day and really think, am I going to enjoy this? For the rest of my life. Kind of think about that when you're signing the dotted line. But of course, I do make it a thing. If you're going to reserve or National Guard, make it a priority. The, the, the moment you get back, go back to school, right? Use the GI Bill, do what you got to do. For the most, you know, for the biggest part here is that ROTC pays for your college, so you don't have to even worry about using your GI Bill. Just use your, um, Use the ROTC to pay for your college. Come out as a lieutenant. You're probably going to make lieutenant when you make your specialist. You're going to make a lot more money than you're ever going to do as an enlisted. That's my personal advice. That's what I would give to anybody who's actually trying to do this for a living. But, yeah. Um, enough for that military talk. Let's, um, I just want to let you guys know that, um, you know, everything's cool. Everything's dandy. Everything's, everything's tip top. Shape, man. I, I, I'm enjoying every, every single bit of this. Um, unfortunately, I do lose my voice by the end of the podcast, but you know what? Who cares? Eventually, I'm going to bring Matt back on. I know he's a big uh, help. Uh, he's a big aid. And the guy's funny as fuck. I like having him on the podcast, especially full time. But I just need to figure some things out before I continue to do that. But you guys... That was pretty much, that was the podcast. I hope you took something away from this, something important at least. If it wasn't nothing, I hope it was something. So you guys take it easy. Uh, if you're on YouTube, just subscribe, like it, do whatever you got to do, or just, you know, go on to the next video. Check out the film. It's still on YouTube. And uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple, wherever you are, thank you for listening. This is Santino Center Stage. You guys take it easy. Toodles. Toodles.